A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Here with you every single Monday morning for very nearly 10 years, 52 weeks of the year. And if you appreciate that, well you can thank us by hitting subscribe, you can tell a mate, you can uh, you can go and get more content and, and support the podcast. Patreon.com forward slash Egg Chasers in the Rugby Dungeon right now with me live. I'm Tim, is JB. Hello, Tim. No socks. No socks. <laughs> and Phil. Hello, Tim. Uh, JB's feet are, they've taken up prime time uh, space right in the middle of the room. Oh, Not my view of the computer and the waveform. but They are occupying some prime real estate right here, but that's, that's what the people want. Exactly. Uh, this is the first of two podcasts in your feed. Uh, the domestic pod will be coming in a little bit, but uh, this is the international based podcast, uh, which well, really is only looking at two games. Yep. That's it. Well, really, it's only looking at two people. Yeah, and some, you know, some general rugby themes. Yeah. Rugby carousel, the ins and outs, mm. the sack race. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so Wales, Australia, England, South Africa, two very, very disappointing ends to two very, very ordinary years. Well, no, not even ordinary. Sham- <laughs> shambolic. Well. Abject. This is England's uh, results this year, the worst since 2008. So was that, was that Andy Robinson? Uh, it just after Robinson. Oh no, because he the, was two thousand. Brian, Brian Ashton, uh, Brian was, Ashton got, got was two thousand seven. So we might was it the start of the Martin Johnson? Yeah, it might have or, been. Oh, actually, it might have been pre two thousand and eight. So it might have been the Andy Robinson era. Mm. Anyway, not not good overall for England, mm. and if it's not good overall for England, a terrible week for England. <laughs> this, this was this was. Worst game I can remember since the World Cup final. Probably. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought well, it was as, a, as a proud Welshman, you would enjoy this. I enjoyed both games. I enjoyed them. How long was going on with my waveform? We just la- we <laughs> laughing at you. That's ah, fine, 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 with, uh, fine, fine. with with you, JB. What can I tell you? There were two very entertaining games. I thought watching the England game in particular was was, was great fun. I, I thought it was eminently watchable for what South Africa are. They were very good. They were very, very good, and they bullied England. And it was well in that respect. There was a lot of echoes of the 2019 World Cup final. Remarkably so. World Cup final. Um, it really had more than just shades of the World Cup final. The way that in the World Cup final and this game, England, you never felt they could do anything because as soon as they start doing something, they risk knocking on. 
And as soon as they knock on, it's over. Um, South Africa are 30 yards, 40 yards downfield because they, the scrum will inevitably lead to a penalty. The penalty will be kicked into the corner and that will lead to a sustained pressure of South African dominance. Yeah. All right, let's cut to the chase. Eddie Jones. Well, well, I would have fired him a long time ago. You would have fired him a long time ago. I'm you would have cu- got uh, Dean Ryan in in 2018. Exactly right. I'm, exactly cu- right. I'm curious what you, what you think uh, off the back <coughs> of this, Phil. I still wouldn't, but probably because it's just too late now, I think. I, um, I've always had a lot of faith in Eddie Jones because I like I like the way that he reacts to things and... I am probably now looking back on his uh, past glories too much. The two years when he picked up uh, with England, his Grand Slam, clean sweep in Australia, his nineteen unbeaten games. How much would you pay not to have beaten Australia three times now? Because that's the root of (laughs) all this, all this misery. Yeah, Um, but I look back to his um, time with Japan and beating beating the Springboks, and we we might touch on that a little bit later when we get into some of the failures in this game. You look back to his time with the Brumbies and with Australia, where he narrowly lost out with the World Cup. His time in the South Africa squad in two thousand and seven. So you look. I, I'm probably now looking back with rose tinted glasses, or putting too much weight on past glories rather than actually looking at his current um, failings. Um, but I, I still probably wouldn't. But I kind of know that. I kind of say that knowing, and knowing this. Um, Deep down, I think England have got zero chance of winning the World Cup. I think they have no chance of beating France, Ireland, South Africa, or New Zealand in a game that matters. Agreed. I, I don't. I, I disagree with that because I think with a reasonable performance, we will make the quarterfinals, and that will be against Wales or Australia. And so I think we will. I think we could very very conceivably even not playing at our best get to a semi-final which which we yeah so i would agree with that but i don't think we can beat any one of those teams i've listed and we're gonna have to beat most likely two of them two yes. of those teams that i've listed I, I, I agree with that i've actually and this this is a, a little bit like twilight do you remember when it was team edward team jacob yes i do i've kind of flipped uh, now i i've been team phil for a long time with you there i've flipped i'm i'm team jb and Good. Get him it, out. Get the kids in. One thing that was, ri- was all event- eventually. <laughs> well, one thing that was ringing in my ears yesterday, as I was at Twickenham, I was working for Talk Sport. There was when you said Phil last week when we were discussing the decision to kick the ball off the field at the end of the game, and you said I, I backed the decision, which I agreed with you. I, I, yeah. I did as well. Uh, but you said, had I been in the stadium, I would have been livid. Being in that stadium, it is a very, very relevant factor. I watched yeah. that. And the, I'm telling you, the crowd were booing. Yeah. I don't know how much it came across on the telly. Yeah, it did. It was loud. It certainly reported in the Times this morning as well. They were booed off. You know, what happened to the narrative around Eddie Jones that he comes into a rugby team, he works them super hard, everyone gets, you know, shorted out. They win a couple of games, but the weight of expectation and the weight and volume of work is too much. And within two years, everybody well, just collapses. That seems to have disappeared. Yeah. But it seems to me, you look at this team, that is exactly what's happening. Well, uh, this is it. So, I, I'm only with... I'm with Team JB now because Eddie Jones's reaction to that abject performance was, it's my fault. Because I don't know that it's Eddie Jones's fault. Mm. The, the facts on the ground, the stuff that we do know, absolutely cast iron, is that world-class players, multiple-time European champion players, 
are a shadow of themselves when they when they pull on an yeah. England shirt. We know that's the case. That doesn't necessarily mean it's Eddie Jones. Um, it, it could be any number of things. They don't. They're hesitant. They don't appear to know what each other's doing. They don't appear to know what they're supposed to be doing. And I, I don't know what the reasons are. But if we take Eddie Jones at his word, he's coming out and saying that it's him. Mm. That that's the reason that's happening. Mm. And if that's the case, well, well, if that is the case, then well, off, yeah. off you trot. Well, it's multifactorial, as so many things are. So, if it's not linked to him directly, it's not exactly his fault. So, selection, of course, is his fault. Maybe team overall strategy is his fault. Um, then it's one step removed from him. So, if they look a little bit sluggish, it could well be the fault of his strength and conditioning and how hard they're working, because they work bloody hard. Mm. I mean, if you listen to anyone who tells you about England camp, they'll tell you how hard they go in and they work. And that's just the minimum expe- expectation. I don't know if that is the greatest idea when you're midway through a season in autumn inter- uh, in, in autumn internationals. Then you've got to play these absolutely enormously physical games. So I'm sure they load them appropriately and deload them ap- appropriately. But he is right. Everything comes down to him. And it has done for absolute years. I would have got rid of him a long, 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 long time ago. But I think this might be worth discussing what he got wrong again. It seems like just a circular conversation because we know what he gets wrong. We talk about it all the time. But nothing seems to change. Well, okay. Well, bearing in mind there was, as we've already discussed, echoes back to the Rugby World Cup final. I don't think anybody was was sat there uh, this week. Even the even the biggest Eddie Jones critic was going. Those four props that were involved for England shouldn't be the props that were involved for England. I think most people would go. Those front yeah, rows are like, I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah, totally fine. And I'm actually okay with the way he's flipped the the bench around because Mako played really well last last week. I'm fine with that and strength off the bench, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But what would England do now for 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 a prop that can scrummage? Well, that, I don't care about how good you are at being the pivot man <laughs> yeah. to tip off passes. Tip I, pass. I want I want a scrum that is solid, please. Yeah, and that's uh, JB. I think you've been critical of Franz Malherb uh, in the past. Yeah, not today. Um, he showed why he might actually be the most valuable player on the planet. He was good, wasn't he? He was astonishingly good. Yeah. The way the positions he put Mako into. At times, Mako actually won a penalty on one of them where like, Flats called it out immediately. Mako was so badly manhandled and somehow won a penalty. Oh, was that the first half? First half, yeah. yeah. Oh, he got folded, didn't he? He got he absolutely got, yeah. folded, and the ref gave a penalty against um, Malherb, which was. Well, Fl- it looked wrong to me, and Flats. Conf- I don't know anything about scrummaging, but it looked wrong to me, and Flats was said exactly what I was thinking, yeah. which is that is totally, totally wrong. It's interesting. So I don't think Mako's a very good scrummager. No. Anyway, I mean, he's He's long big. been... But who I mean, is? Because no, well, no one was, no one's been saying, well, oh, what, what, who, he's not picking... I don't know. Who is there? Who is well, there? How, is, how did England not have any scrummaging props? This might be... So the, the scrummaging loose head, you'd go Marla. But scrummaging yeah. tight heads... We've been talking Cole. about the tight head issue for a but long Cole, time. Cole, was, uh, Cole, Cole played uh, 76 minutes in the World Cup final yeah. and got absolutely destroyed. He got marmalised. Yeah. So if we run through the tight heads that have been in the squad... Well, just have a look at Wales. Trevor Davison. So yeah, we had so Sinclair, Joe Hayes, Will Stewart, Patrick Schickling, mm. Trevor Davidson, Will Collier... Nick Shonnet. B. Allo. Nick Shonnet has previously been in there. Harry Nick Williams... Uh, Dan Cole, if you go back long enough, that's how many of those would have stood up to the pressure? I don't, I don't think. Well, yeah, I mean there is an element. I don't think any there. of them. Well, do you remember who they used as scrummaging loose head last time they played and beat South Africa? 
Uh, Last year, Bevan Rod. Bevan Rod. Rod. So sometimes you come to the conclusion, don't you, that we're not going to win this. So why bother even trying? Well, and and the other scrummager could have been, as a loose said, could be Val Rapava Ruskin, who for a long period of time this season had not conceded a single scrum penalty. It was the only proper not conceded. He's also long term injured, isn't he? He played this weekend. So no, he's not. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but to sort of broaden that point out, it, I think you just absolutely hit nail on the head there, JB, when you said it, you're trying to meet, you're trying to fight fire with fire. Yeah. And actually, that's, that was one of the biggest faults in England's approach. It, because all the chat before the game was, we're matching their bomb squad. That's why we've got Genj and Cowan Dickey on the bench. We're... You, Manu's there for a physical presence in midfield because we're playing South Africa. We've got Alex Coles on the flank because we need another line out option. We have to have three line out options. What are we doing? We're England at Twickenham. Sounds desperate, doesn't it? Well, it, it so there's an element. It's, it's a weird position because there's an element of it that is we're go, we're going to pick our tactics because of the opposition. We're not we're not going to dictate the tactics. We're going to pick it for the opposition, which is. That actually shows some humility, rather like playing off the world champions, um, rather than guiding your own course. But there's also an element of it that shows hubris. And by that I mean, and I mentioned it before, when Japan played South Africa in in 2015 and beat them, Japan held their hands up and said, we are never going to beat um, South Africa by going full bore up front. They had the fastest scrum in the world where all they did was hook straight to the back and get it out. Mm. It was a totally different tactic. And England, obviously Eddie Jones is well aware of that tactic because he was one of the men who... He invented it. Who, yeah, exactly. He guided the ship that was doing that. And he's not put his hands up and said, Sinclair, Mako, um, Will Stewart, Genge, they might offer amazing things in other dimensions, but they are not capable of matching the Springbok yeah, up front. So maybe he should look at... And that's hubris. That is overconfidence and arrogance. It's so prescribed... It's because rugby's so complex. It's like eliminating a layer of the food chain out. So you say, okay, I'm going to eliminate, I don't know, one layer of the food chain. And then that goes, then all of a sudden you've got loads of other problems. So you go, right, I'll do that and I'll do that and I'll do that. And that's kind of how I thought Eddie's tactics were. Like he's looking at Safran and saying, okay, we're going to now do um, X strategy. But when you execute X strategy, it just means the South Africans do various other secondary strategies. He doesn't have the answer to those things because he's letting them dictate you know, exactly what they're going to do. That was his. That, that was his. That was his overall problem. Hubris, I think, is a great word for it. Mm. And of that element of, of it. that element of it. Yeah. But not. But I mean, I would have thought it's like one of the first principles of coaching, and you'll know this at. Uh, talk HJB and, and I do this with an under 15 team every week and you'll remember it from teams uh, teams that you've played in and good coaches you've had mm-hmm. they look at the resources they have available and they tailor yeah the way you play to the skills that you have Warren Gatland did that that's how he won Grand Slams and exactly right. almost could have got to a World Cup final and could have potentially won had it not been for that um, red card for Sam Warburton because he played to the strengths that he had at his disposable, and with that in mind, England do have. I don't think England's player pool, which always there's a lot of depth, but I don't think the top level talent is quite at the level where some people think it is. In, you, cer- in certain in positions, certain positions, I just think like I think, but, back- there, but there's enough there that you can go. We're going to tailor a game plan for this group. Think, yes. Oh yeah. There's definitely, yeah. definitely enough. Of I that. think when you look at Wales and how they discover 
certain key talents back, certainly in Gatlin's day. They discovered them by giving them a chance. And Eddie does give lads a chance. There's no saying he doesn't. I mean, Marcus Smith came from literally Brighton College straight into an England camp. So he does give particularly young lads a good look at. But Wales find these guys, like I say it all the time, how many props would you need to go through in England shirts before you got to Thomas Francis? Oh, yeah, you'd be double figures. Yeah. So he's not given enough lads the chance. And he has this remarkably clever get-out card, which is Test Match Animal. Which is such a nebulous standard. Nobody knows what it means. Yeah. So yeah. you can just say he's not a test, test match animal. What does that mean? He, you literally he, can't nail him down. But he's, he's brought a huge number of players into squads. But not there's a huge number of players who've either not played or played like minutes. Mm. So there's loads of guys who have just they've just they got into a squad once or twice and then just never made it past that point. Yeah. Because they're not the test, the match, test animal. match animal. I mean, there's no way that Nick Azikwe or Tamana Harrison or Luther Burrell would not have long, successful careers with, with Wales. Oh, yeah, no 100%, way. 100%. They're too useful. 100%. And but you look at the guys who, who have, like, uh, I always think of the centres who, like... Tompkins. Tompkins or Chris Harris or uh, Johnny Williams, who's obviously played yeah. for Wales, who all would have been available for England yeah, at but, but I don't. Time. I don't think, had Chris Harris not been Scotland qualified, I don't think anyone would really have a major issue with the fact he hadn't been capped by England. No, say. no, well, no. Same thing, isn't yeah, it? Which no. is exactly How many outside centres would you want to go through until yeah. you got to Chris yeah, Harris? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then when he gets the opportunity, he's, well, he's a lion now because yeah. he's, he was that good yeah. given the opportunity. And he just does like a handful of things perfectly. Yes, and, and, his, and his team and his coaches use him in that capacity in, within a system that's tailored to the resources they have available. Yeah, I, that, I think Eddie has got what he wants to do in his mind. And if you can't fit into what he wants to do, he's not willing to change very much, really, in order to, to accommodate you. It's a real problem. But that's, that's a problem that's developed with England because he wasn't like that with Japan. Yeah, it's, it's, his resources were much more finite. That's Maybe it's the abundance yeah, is actually the... That's where it comes to the hubris. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the other problem is with this, when you've got standout number ones in positions... Uh, it's very hard to keep a standout number. I mean, there's very few guys in the world who get to the number one position stay there. Alan Wynne Jones would be one, maybe. Even he's declining. Um, Ed Beth is definitely one. Ed Beth would be one. Richie McCaw yeah. would, would be one. There's a handful of them. Even Richie McCaw was declining quite rapidly towards the end. Uh, he won, he won, but his final game, he won the World Cup. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> McCaw. Uh, sorry, uh, Hooper, Pocock, those two guys are probably in there. But yeah. that's really it. And I looked at Macca, I thought Macca, not Macca, Billy, I thought it was woeful on the weekend. It is absolutely woeful. Not the kind of game for him. But this is it, because Tom Curry does not look like a world-class seven playing for England. How many many turnovers has... um, None. Zero. None none yesterday. Zero in the autumn series. And about one per game for the last 12. What is that? He's, yeah, yeah, so Tom Curry does not look like a world-class seven. He looks like, yeah, so I... Mario Toji does not look like a world-class lock. Nope. No, he I didn't even notice him yesterday. He, 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 he had a few good moments, a yeah, couple moments. of good steals, but otherwise anonymous. But these these are what legitimately, those two that we just mentioned... They're number ones. They're world-class players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're the kind of players who, a few years ago, any other team in the world would have had in them. But now, no one... Yeah, Manu's another one. Manu's got to go. Manu has to leave the stage now. It's ridiculous. Every time England do something reasonably good, it involves Henry Slade. Wait, 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 stop. Manu's response to the game yesterday was, 
the defeat will make us tighter as a group. Who cares? That's what you said. Great. Well done. Great. <sighs> Cheers. No, I, uh, it's not Manu's fault. But but no no, no I know I mean he's not he, Wait, it's, it, it's no, you're right. not going to say no Eddie I know you've selected me I don't think you should pick me yeah yeah it is not his fault in the same way you know if you selected me I wouldn't be very good but I'd still play you know <laughs> it's, yeah you're exactly right but you shouldn't select him anymore all week the build up has been oh well you know if Manu's fit or if Manu does this or you know, and meanwhile Marchant is going to bloody France yeah I mean that's that's the crime of the whole thing if you want to see how the England system is breaking down. You've put all of your eggs in the money basket and you've let England's most talented back walk out the door to France because you don't give him the opportunity or the chance. Manu's 31 with a long history of injuries. Crazy. Um, and Marchant's, what, 25? Yeah. And just gone. Bye. See you later. Marchant... Oh. I know. That, that, that winds me up. <laughs> but let's, let's go back to the game a little bit because yeah. we've, we've spoken at length about England... South Africa were very, very good. They were very good. Elizabeth is a freak. Well, that that whole the whole pack, the pack. just like you said it before. Rugby Jay God just bullied the the whole pack. Bullied England, and uh, Faf Vilemse and Willy Larue just controlled the game, controlled the tempo, controlled when they wanted to pl- play, controlled when they didn't want to play, controlled when they wanted to take points either through penalties or just taking a drop goal. Just yeah, bang. Just we'll we'll have this now. We'll just take three. We'll go back. We'll move move things forward again. They were excellent. Vili Larue with South Africa not having a a ten that's an out and out ten, and the main man. I think they have to pick Vili Larue at fullback. I think so, yeah, yeah. Because he just he makes hundred percent. He makes that fly half so much better. Takes so much weight off their shoulders. Even, but even when they've got Andre Pollard, who is an out and out ten, yeah, um, yeah, Vili Larue. Yeah. Still, he, you have to have, yeah. He makes him. things tick. He just makes everything tick. And you can, like Colby is talented enough. Colby's played ten. He can kick sticks. I don't know, obviously, he's unavailable for this. Um, but he, you lose so much if you put Colby into that role. Mm. Um, although with Aransi, you might not actually lose that much because he uh, was wow. so similar to, to Colby That's, in the way he moved. I mean, wow. That yeah. step on Marcus Smith. I mean. Marcus Smith looks like he's legitimately, literally stuck in quicksand. <laughs> like legitimately, he looks like that. he is literally yeah. stuck in quicksand. Yeah, I, he just can't move. He looks completely baffled by what is unfolding in front of him. By the way, I thought I thought when I was a kid that quicksand would be a, be a much bigger part of my adult life yeah. than it's ended up becoming. <laughs> so I do know an area in North Wales which has real quicksand, and we really, yeah. Ooh, do yeah. you go and just. Play with it, see, I, see how I, it feels. I have, I've dabbled with it, yeah. So I've dabbled with it, see how, how dangerous it is when, when I'm fishing. But yeah, in the ga- uh, West Shore, I didn't know West Shore. Actual Ooh. quicksand. That's exciting. Wow, that is isn't exciting. it? Yeah. I, I stopped you mid-flow, then JB. You were, you were. You no, were... it's a far more interesting point. That, point <laughs> of it's like, and I was certain that we die in a tarpit. Uh, just, just on Marcus Smith, um, a, a mercurial player, incredible talents, and when his team are scores down he can he is capable of uh doing some special things i have never seen him once for england take a game by the scruff of the neck not yet that so yeah the last eight minutes of last week are the best he's played for england i think mm. well and oh, to be fair south africa last year he had a good game okay so um yeah. when they won by a point yeah 27 26 um and marchant and slade were the centers <laughs> yeah and, uh, a point out anyway um yeah, no, this. But anyway, I do feel 
So the overall criticism of Marcus Smith in an England jersey, I think, is warranted. I feel some of the criticism he got specifically after this game was a little bit harsh. Do you not think his kicking was really his kicking bad? Was, his kicking was poor. Yeah, his kicking was poor. And that's, that bit's not harsh, but he he got no ball. No. And what ball he did get was on the back foot. Yeah, you're constantly. right. Constantly. Now, his, his kicking should have been better than it was, but this is not the game for, no. to judge Marcus Smith on. No, that's Judge fair. him on the preceding 15 or 16, fine. Absolutely. And I'd, yeah, I'll fair. be with you. But this is but a tough game. You can't judge him over 80 minutes against South Africa. What was the point? It's just a tough game for him. I, it's a game for anyone in that position. You know, I, mean, I would expect him to shine in pretty much every game that he plays because that's his job. But um, how much better did... Uh, I mean, it's all relative because England were poor, but how much better did Farrell look when Marcus Smith went off? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I, see, I think it's more system than player, though. I, I mean, I'm sure you don't disagree with that. But one of the two needs to take over. That's nothing new. I think if... You're going to play Marcus Smith. You just got to let him be Marcus Smith. You can't let him be this sort of robot. Which I mean, how many times did they try the high crossfield bomb or you know just well, kicking no, it deep? Because they've, they're getting into this attacking shape that worked really well and was very fluent against New Zealand. They were in those positions a lot, but the, the ball carriers were hesitant. I just it was just all just at that heart, and maybe it's confidence. I don't know. I'm not good enough to know exactly why. But they were getting into the shapes, but they, the execution was just. Poor. Mm. Mm. The, ex- the execution has been repeatedly poor. Like in South Africa, in, South- in um, the New Zealand game, a few times in the first half, but many times in the second half until the last eight minutes, England got deep into New Zealand's 22, 10 phases deep, and then knocked on, got turnover, didn't look after the ball at the back of the rook. And that's, that's just not good enough. That is inexcusable. And in this game, again, it's second half. There was uh, at least two lineouts on the South Africa five meter line that they fluffed. Yeah, and again, it's just not that is just lineouts. I inexcusable. mean, lineouts are. I, I I struggle to understand how a professional team can lose a lineout <laughs> unless it's a skill error or a catastrophic failure, like you slip a lift or you know the wind catches the ball. I mean, there's no wind in wind in Twickenham, but yeah, unless it's something like that. It is beyond me how you can not win every single lineup, or at least ninety percent. It's just it it, it blows my but mind. It, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought England's lineout, the lineout, not a lot of other things, but the lineout actually went okay in the first half when mm, I thought um, when Jamie George was on, he hit his arrows. I think pretty much all of them, and then when LCD came on in the second half, the lineout went awry at key times. Yeah. I, um, I would guess all of the lost lineups were in the second half. I was reading something on Twitter, obviously, about the physicality of the South African pack. And the basic principle was, and I quite like this principle, everyone talks about how physical South Africa is. Yeah. But it's more, it's more a mindset, because he started comparing the relative sizes of the players. And South Africa are not much bigger, if at all bigger, in key positions than England. So everything that South Africa are doing, uh, in terms of their... You know, brute strength and bullying and physicality. Yeah, there might be a difference in terms of how powerful or, or how each individual can deploy their strength, but they're basically the same size blokes. It's all mental. Is, well, yeah, they might not be bigger, but Mal Herbie's it's either strength or technique. I don't know which it is, mm. but it's there's something there. There is a difference. He slimmed down a bit, Mal Herb, as well from the start of the season. I'll, I'll, I'll add that. I was not impressed with his. Um, 
conditioning. We well, played seventy six minutes fine this, this week. Fine, yeah. You're absolutely fine. Hundred and thirty kilograms. He's not slimmed down at all. <laughs> well, he's pudding. <laughs> he's a big boy. Huge yeah. boy. Um he if he went to France. So much money. Oh. But the the it was it's the fact that they brought and they looked like a team that could retain the World Cup. Oh yeah, as bad as England were, they they were very very good. And what what's 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 what must be really tough to play against when you, when you're playing South Africa like that is, yeah, they've they've got that power game. But actually, the kicking game is really good. Their kick chase is excellent. Their kick chase under, is superb. They yeah, puts you under pressure. Their their defence, they're up in your face. Well, their set I'm... piece, if you you know if you knock on, you're in for trouble, and you might give away a pen. Just they they just grind you. Is it Andresi who? Aransi, Andresi, and whatever. Didn't he score a great try from it? Did he get a red card? Is that the same guy? Against same game. He sort of scores a great try from the kick chase. That know? was against um, New Zealand, wasn't it? Yeah, he that's took out the Bowden, one. Bowden Barrett in the air, and he just keeps on harassing you. I, I think the kick game of South Africa is brilliant. I think mm-hmm. it gets even better when um, Hendrixy is on. Yeah, you mentioned it. It's nice to see Faf playing well again because he sort of had a bit of a wobble. Yeah, he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't very good for a few games. No, even Candid. This was a nice game for him. Front foot being a horrible, horrible, just not. Just like, doesn't stop. Just yeah, in does not face. stop. I think he did go. He um, there was a half break by Marcus Smith. I don't know if you saw this, where Faf was like covering across and he dived. Yeah, oh, I saw full, him dive a couple of times. Full blown at exactly where Marcus Smith oh, head was, but because Marcus Smith had just been tackled, Faf just went straight over, over the top. Yeah. Ah. If Marcus Smith had stayed broad in the same position, that would have been an absolute cast-iron red card. The red card given was um, a, one of the more brutal ones I've seen, actually. That was... So I, I spotted it live. I did as well. And I was amazed that Angus Garden didn't, because he was about four metres away looking directly at it. Yeah. And it was... That that was such a clear red card. I've seen saw a lot of people. Uh, I saw a lot of uh, England fans, uh, and you know, I'll, I'll talk about Razzie in a second. But uh, <laughs> who were less than complimentary about Angus Gardner? I mean, it wouldn't have changed the result. No, no. So I think the two things can be true. Yeah. Um, I think he made some mistakes on both sides. Um, I actually think <laughs> I tried to be objective. I've watched both of them back. I actually think neither try should have actually stood. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be probably softer on the Arense one, the first one, because he does change his line. Um, I'm not sure he does it intentionally, but he does change his line, and that does have an effect on Freddie Stewart, uh, which sets up the initial break. Uh, and the Vili LaRue final pass, it definitely goes forward. Whether if if it was called as a try on the field, I don't think I would have overturned it. From that, I probably would have um, overturned the Arense. The Elizabeth try, but there's a miss knock on as well. But hey, the, well, there was there was also I think it's Malherb clears out Itoji head on head. Yeah, it's a knock on, and Itoji's knees are on the floor, or one knee is on the floor when he picks it up. So there's actually three separate incidents on that one. Now again, neither of those things are going to turn the game. No, South Africa no. still would have won comfortably. Yeah, hundred percent. But those two, definitely the second one. Yeah, was a. Uh, was an incorrect decision. So I must mention Razi Rasmus quickly, and it's, re- it's re- relevant to this game because I, I, I think I've changed my tune, and I think Eddie go. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. time uh, we can talk and about get Razi in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> we get the refs on our side. Oh my <laughs> word! 
So there was meant to be, I don't know whether it was mentioned in the TV, but there was meant to be a presentation for Wayne Barnes for his 100th yes. cap. It was mentioned. Good. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, whether it was mentioned in TV, I've read it. That, yeah. that it was supposed to happen. Wayne Barnes, who lives just up the road from Twickenham, r- officiated his 100th test match. He was meant to get a presentation, a huge moment in his in his professional career. And the RFU pulled it because of the comments of Razzy Rasmus in the game that Wayne Barnes officiated against France. Uh, and with so many South African fans in the stadium, it was thought that it might Cowards. it might be quite an embarrassing. Now, Cowards. My, my general view would be let the South African fans boo, and it would yeah, look terrible yeah, on them. You highlight, but but the fact that Razzy Rasmus um, brought about that set of circumstances just underlines. It's not the point itself, but it underlines what a disgrace Razzy Rasmus is. And what what really really wound me up is. The World Rugby Statement coming out just before kickoff, a couple of hours before kickoff, basically saying, oh, we've had a chat and we've got a level of understanding. And I'm thought, your World Rugby, you should be saying to Razzy Erasmus, do this again and you're banned for life. Yeah, I'm sort of, I mean, I read some of his tweets after the France game. I didn't find them particularly horrendous. I mean, just didn't. Um, and I don't like the narrative going around that because he tweeted this, you know, because he do, he tweets X, abuse Y happens, and therefore he is, you know, he is responsible for the. No, abuse. he hasn't incited anyone. Anyone, anyone that does anything, yeah. they do that off their own back, and they're responsible. Yeah, for I also don't like the fact that England decided not to do the presentation for Wayne Bonds. They should have, if fans boo, they they boo. It's not yeah. on them. You know, Wayne Bonds um, deserves up presentation it should absolutely happen and Wayne Barnes could have taken yeah. that as well he's yeah. got broad shoulders yeah he's, he's, he's used nonsense. to being called all sorts of things by, I mean if anything that's sort of like fans. I don't know it, I, I, it's just a terrible terrible it's a bad decision I, that, I, I agree it? with you that it was a bad decision yeah. but uh, I, I, I but I, and I, I also disagree with you JB that it, that it's not it's not as big of a deal I think I think Razzy Rasmus is, is beyond the pale and I, I think needs to be given a final warning it needs to be dealt with certainly I just don't know if this is the... And there needs to be a punishment proportion to the crime. So the question then becomes, like, how... You know, how what kind of crime is this? How bad is this crime? And I struggle to get that upset with it. This is not like the Nick Berry situation. Yeah. With the Nick Berry situation, I might have banned him for life first time, you know, first time off. If you want to play stupid culture wars and accuse a ref of racism, you can go now. You know, there yeah. is no... There's no second chance. There's no appeal process. You're gone. Yeah. The next one... That's yeah, I, I I guess I can't separate the two when in judging yeah. in judging this. The Nick Berry one, one, it makes me so angry. Yeah. The Nick Berry, it's, it's a such move. a disgraceful thing to do. Yeah. And I, it, but he will he will justify it. Maybe and, that is prejudicing this. But but for World Rugby yeah. to come out and go, basically we've had a chat and come to an understanding. Yeah, was, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, the danger is, of course, that they come down so hard on Razzie that everybody else doesn't talk. And it'll be more than just not tweeting. It'll be just no comments whatsoever. And that's difficult then because we do want to know what's happening. We do want to know the inner workings of a coaching coach's mind. And the more open they can be, the better. Just in this case... Mm. Yeah, but Razzy Rasmus, he, he, he keeps claiming that, oh, I was just, you know, giving my thought on some refereeing decisions. But he, he, showed no, he didn't really show a lot of contrition. Never, never apologised, never explained. And he never... Um, if if he's as he said he he's talking about he just wants to raise the standard of refereeing across the yeah, board and that's nonsense. his motivation. It's like okay, well, why don't you show us some of the decisions that go against you? Yeah, no, if that's the show point. some good decisions. I, and why don't you do it? Yeah. When you, why don't you do it when you win games? <laughs> yeah. yeah, show some really good clever refereeing by Wayne Barnes, and yeah, we'll believe you. 
Uh, yeah, there's obviously some kind of narrative behind it. Here's what I really can't... There's two things. So this is largely a, a Twitter fantasy, what's going on with, with Razi, because it was the biggest story in the world on Twitter. And I'm on how many rugby groups? Quite a lot of them. You know, Talk H, Fantasy Rugby, Egg Chasers Team, uh, Armed Forces Rugby. Broughton Park Vets. Broughton Park Vets, you know. I'm on a lot of rugby groups, totaling probably a couple of hundred people minimum. Nobody mentioned it. No. Like, nobody mentioned it. So it was very much a confected Twitter hysteria. Um, the second... Oh, sorry, Mastodon hysteria now, isn't it? Haven't they all, oh, gone, uh, yes. haven't they all gone to Mastodon? I've got no idea. It sounds like <laughs> hell. <laughs> Moderating hell. I do, um, I do love it, though, when, when, um, when there was a perceived... Uh, issue with people on quote unquote right wing, and they needed to, and, and they they need they need to shut them all down. They went, okay, well, you're telling us we can just go on and make our own. We will. We'll go and make parlor. Oh no! And then, oh no, 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 that, that's going too well. We're going to shut that down as well. <laughs> exactly. But that was, and now it's the other way. They've gone. Well, we're going to make our one Mastodon, and it sounds like it's a it's hell, a terrible absolute name. hellscape. Yeah, I completely agree. Hell, hell, uh, hellscape is exactly the word. The second one is. Uh, Matt Williamson or Matt Williams is it Matt Williams or Matt Williamson Matt Williamson is the NFL scout isn't it Matt Williams is the ex-Scotland coach yes defence coach uh, yes yeah, so he says some very coach. sensible things about uh, about head injuries very sensible uh, and believe it or not apparently trusting science and doctors is just is not the thing just not the done thing and the amount of ab- the same people that are whinging about the abuse that oh was this Razzie, on the Aussie, Aussie TV or no no Virgin, Virgin Media in yeah. Ireland he's an Aussie yeah that's the one. So the same people who complaining about the amount of abuse generated from Razi's tweets were quite happy to skip the middleman and just go straight for the abusive comments to Matt, to, to Matt Williams. Call for call for him to be sacked for saying sacked sacked for saying I'm not a doctor, so I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to overrule the decision of the of yeah. the doctor on on the field of play. And Matt Williams was 100 percent correct on in two regards. Uh, we should definitely tr- uh, we should definitely trust the medical staff because that's what they're there to do. Pointed out it was not an Australian doctor, it was actually a world rugby doctor. Uh, and the last thing which he said is, this isn't the main talking point from the game. And the studio was just aghast that they don't want to talk about brain injuries for the next, next five minutes. It's a ten minute segment on brain injuries, you've got to move past it's it. It's like the World Cup, it's like um, the, the Football World Cup, there's a load of people been saying I'm not watching now because I just watch the games, I don't, I don't watch any of the punditry because I just want, I, I want, I'm there to watch football, not to, yeah. not, not to hear about all the other stuff. It's so true, although... Football, watching football for football's sake, as I found out this week, is dreadful. <laughs> I mean, this is the pits. Uh, football is nothing like its fans. It's a beautiful game. Yeah. So I don't like football fans, really. I don't like the football fan <laughs> culture. Well, well, but without well, alcohol and well, atmosphere. On this, I had in the media room at Twickenham, when um, I, I was presenting on TalkSport and I was doing all the preamble bit with... Uh, uh, when, you know, going over to Miles Harrison, James Hook in Cardiff and chatting mm-hmm. with them. Then the game got underway and they were doing the commentary. So I went down to the media room and I had to ask three different people before I could get the Wales-Australia game on <laughs> in the media room in Twickenham because the football was on. No. Yes. Incredible stuff. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, actually, back to my, uh, my my football point about the crowds. Oh, sorry, but the football, it wasn't even, wasn't even football. It was That that was the point where it was between the first two games. Uh, so the Saudi Arabia, whatever it was, game had just finished. There was no, they, they, were, uh, they were pundits, and I had to ask to put the rugby on at Twickenham. That's anyway. incredible. Yeah, so uh, the thing I was going to say about that is, because of banned alcohol, um, I mean, football is only good, really, for yeah. 
uh, playing not really bands <laughs> full of alcohol and making them say nasty things to each other for, for, for 90 minutes. That's what it is. So that's why the atmosphere exists. And I hate the whole thing, the crowds, the fans are the most important thing. Turns out they're probably right, and I don't like that, but fine. But it does make me think, like, where is rugby going if we start cracking down in the Millennium Stadium on alcohol? We don't want this municipal swimming pool atmosphere which have generated in the World Cup. The Friday night atmosphere. Oh, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. So Get some vuvu zellers. Oh. <laughs> that is, that is, That'll that, improve that the atmosphere. But yeah, so uh, uh, ramble um, about um, crowds and Matt Williams, sir. Just one thing before we finish this game. Uh, there was a man who didn't play for England this week mm-hmm. for a very good reason. Cornelius. Uh One man okay. who, who's played in the preceding games. Jack Willis. This man here who's just... Uh, this evening, made his Toulouse debut. Oh, this evening! This wow, evening. this is going to be one Jack of the. Jack Willis has played for Toulouse yeah. tonight. I yeah. might start watching top fourteen. Wow, <laughs> apparently Cowan Dickey's next. Mm. Cowan Dickey will be next. Uh, obviously, Simmons is gone. Marchant's there. The reorientation to France is well underway. Dan Robson's there. Yes. Uh, the other Willis has gone somewhere. Bordeaux. Bordeaux. Do you remember we, we all started watching Italian football when a few players went over there? Gaza and Paul Lintz went yeah, over there. Yeah, and Channel 4 made we a four started shot watching, uh, oh, yeah. Channel 4. So the, the whole thing the, was... The big four, Italian... Gazetta football, well, no, was it Italia. seven? There wasn't a big seven, seven sisters. But no, no I'm thinking the, the logo. Ah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, four yeah, yeah. Italian football logo. Yeah. yeah. So it used to be cool, didn't you, if you got the Italian paper and like an espresso and went to the um, <laughs> and, w- and went to a cafe. You're always cool to have an espresso. That is true. A double espresso. That's what I did as a kid. As a kid, that's basically why I, I want to do what James Richardson's doing. I want to sit in an yeah. Italian cafe with an espresso, reading the Gazetta dello Sport. Tell you what, I always read the local <laughs> paper. I mean, I don't understand it. But I always read the local local paper. You understand the pictures. Understand the pictures. I told you in, in Malaga, the stuff I got. You know, three hundred was it. 300 kilograms of cocaine seized? Yes. Work. In fact, James Richardson might be, not, not both it, simultaneously, inspiration and nemesis, because he has all the gigs I want. Like, I really <laughs> want to do. If I could pick a gig to do, it'd be World's world Strongest, Strongest Man. Man. Yeah, great one. Which Which really, really want to do Kicks off that. soon, or the, I know. the televised show kicks off good, soon. Um, a really, real good gig, but you can't have it because of hers, is, um, Lauren, is Lauren Smith doing, doing, doing the CrossFit stuff. Mm. That'd be really cool, going to the games. Going to the games would be cool. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Anyway, Any, very quickly, yeah, very yeah. quickly. So, if Eddie does go, because Bill Sweeney's come out and said there's going to be a review. The way that was worded, secret is, review. <laughs> so we don't know yeah. who's on the on the performance review no, we panel, don't. do we? We don't. But they've been holding this every year since know? 2019. But I think uh, uh, if if the trigger is pulled, yes. who, who takes over for the World Cup for you? Because because part of the part of the reason why I was always thinking don't do it is because. The choice you'll have next October mm. will be far far greater than the choice you have yeah. now. And I, my my first choice would be Andy Farrell. You're not getting him before October next year. Tell no you chance. What, I wouldn't no go for Andy Farrell. So that's not a list high up, so a name high up on my list. Don't know why. I just don't like. Do we really like the style of teams that he, that he puts together? But anyway, I'm sure he do do a uh, great the, job. But he just wouldn't be high up on, on my list. Winning team with Ireland, number one team in the world. It's um, good, don't get me wrong, but do you want that for England? Yes, you want the outcome yes, for England. Yes, Do you want the process for England? I would take the outcome. I'll take whatever it takes to get the outcome. No, I'm not sure about that. Um, there's a, a political lesson in this as well, though, isn't there? So how many candidates do you see who want to run for, say, Prime Minister or be the Prime Minister or run for US President who just miss their window of opportunity? I think this has happened to Rob Baxter. 
Rob Baxter was the man a few years ago. Mm. He could he could have told the RFU when he wanted the job, and they they would have given it to him. But right now, I'd, I'd I'd still be happy with him. Um, I think it's yes, but that window is closing. No, I think it's going to be Steve Borthwick. That's the one for me. Yeah, that's the one for me. And I think but, Steve Borthwick could be in charge on February the 4th against Scotland I really really think we, we yeah. could be there uh, yeah and I say I don't like Farrell um, I, I don't dislike Farrell but probably the most Farrelly like coach for England would be Borthwick in terms of the process and the organisation which will put in, put in place mm. so yeah but that's be, that'd be the one for me and if Farrell does take that job it does literally mean that the window has closed on Baxter it was by all rights his job for the best, best part mm. of five years now I don't think he'll mind too much. Know. Although Exeter's looking a bit uh, with all the financial dicey, isn't it? So it's all yeah. dicier and the not able to keep hold of the players that they develop. And but they're they're a well-run club. They will develop yeah. more players. It's just they will be in a transition. They've got a transition period, then hopefully they'll have a period of stability, and yeah. then they'll have another transition period. Because back, I, th- I genuinely believe Baxter is good enough to mm. to do I, that. No, I, I think he is. But if he goes to England, who does he take with him? And I think at that point, you've really got problems at Exeter. Because they've not just got to replace one guy. They've got to replace a whole culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, does um, Ali Heifer go? Does, Rob Hunter. Yeah, Rob Hunter. All these boys. Probably. Because he's going to want people that he can trust. Unless England say, no, no, you can come, but we need to pick your, um, your, your assistants because this job might be seen as too big for him, international job. You're gonna, we're going to surround you with... Sean Edwards-style t- characters. Well, Sean Edwards has just re-signed in France, hasn't he? Yeah, mm. but before he re-signed, he did say that he was open to a conversation with England and it, there was no conversation had. Yeah. Mm. Well, no one wants him because he's a defence coach. So they want him as a defence coach. I would not give the keys to the castle to Sean Edwards to run the whole programme. Oh, no, no. But I'd have yeah. him as a def- he'd be number one choice in the world as a defence coach. So that's why there's no conversation because England don't need a defence coach. They need a head. They need a head coach. They'll bring him on board. I'm not even not even sure that um, Edwards wants to move sideways again. I mean, he spent so so much time um, developing his career. It, it strikes me that he wants to be offered that top 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 job. So when there's no conversation, there's well, not the conversation he wants to have. But that's it's interesting because he's. Almost opted to be defence coach, defence coach, defence coach. Yeah, for such a long period of time with Wales. Was he not head coach for Wasps? Wasps. Yeah, but you're going back like 15 years, aren't you? But ever since then, he's been happy. If he genuinely had the ambition to do more than that, he would have done. My assumption is he would have done what uh, Ronan O'Gara has done. Well, Wigan. Um, Yeah, that that wasn't like wasn't meant to be that one, was it? No, that wasn't meant to be. He's no Michael Tracker. In any dimension. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, Ronald Gore would be an interesting one. Scott, Scott him. Robertson. Scotty Robertson. Yeah, Scott Robertson would be. Could but you, you, know, see, could you see him remember? wearing a, an England tie breakdancing in Paris <laughs> World Cup final? Horrendous. Uh, the other thing I remember as well is it's a nine-month job, isn't it? Because you, you might not win the World Cup, you might win it, and in, in which case you'll get a huge offer from, from someone Well, else. if you could take someone for nine months, I'd do what Wales are reportedly considering doing. I'd, I'd take Warren Gatland in a heartbeat for England. <laughs> yeah, that is the ultimate. you for nine months, yeah. Phil. If you, if you knew you could have Warren Gatland tomorrow until the end of the World Cup. I probably wouldn't. I'd probably stick with Eddie still. Mm. I don't know why. I would go Gatland. It's stupidity, blind face, faith. I don't know why. When England... I kind, I part of me just wants to see, like, either 
go well or just completely fall apart. Because Eddie is now like totally backed himself into a corner, which is on the judgment World Cup, on the World Cup. Judgment, this is all a stepping stone, this is all part of the plan. And like, he he's actually saying that, like he's just relaxed when he lost to Argentina, he just sits there, yeah. Part of the plan, stepping stone, I, I, nothing too it bad. Kind of reminds me a little bit. I remember Steve Diamond at Sale. He came in. He went, right, "That's the boy. We got a five. We got a five-year plan. We got a five. We got, no, it was like three. Year, we're on a three-year plan, and then <laughs> two and a half years into it, when it's not going well, look, this is year zero now. Yeah, this is year zero. It's a five-year plan. <laughs> Ridiculous. I, d- I'm so fascinated to see because it might. We might all be sat here in 10 months' time with England winning the World Cup. Laughing at this episode. Yeah, Steve laughing Steve Diamond about... raising the World Cup, the Webb Ellis trophy. <laughs> <laughs> we should have trusted him. I, I'll be saying, guys, you, you didn't back my yeah, boy. Yeah, I, I yeah. was the only one who backed him. Yeah. I suspect I suspect there'll be a quarter-final loss to Australia. And you two will be saying, JB will be saying, I've been saying this for five years. You've been saying, Tim, I've said this for a year. And I'll be saying, what on earth was I thinking? <laughs> what was wrong with me? All the fun. signs were there. It is quite fun that it is going to be one of those two ends. <laughs> we're, in a polar, we're in a polarised world and Eddie Jones has made the England situation. It is going to be, there's going to be people hating that England are world champions. Warren Gatland yes. teaming up with Borthwick is my ticket. Because I don't think Warren Gatland can do it on his own. I think Warren Gatland is... Sort of a symbiotic relationship with his other coaches. His other coach was Sean Edwards. He's not there. It hasn't worked well for him. Yeah, because Gatlin's not a hands-on coach. He's like no. a CEO, isn't he? Yeah. He's like, I've got the vision. I, I've, I know what we're doing. And I know how to get the people in place to to make that yeah. vision come true. So can yeah. those two guys work together? If they can, that is, that is then your dream dream ticket. If not, you surgically remove uh, Baxter, Rob Hunter, um, Ali Hifa. They all go as a as a block, and they be, they're delivered to England. And at that point, yeah, you throw an extra on the bus completely because they've got to reinvent themselves again. God, imagine that, taking the extra unless, job. Unless they just get told it's a nine-month period. Yeah, put one on secondment or something. Yeah. Or maybe do both jobs. Yeah. No, well, you, I don't think you do can that. do it in a World Cup, yeah. Well, people do, though, don't they? There is, football, yeah. You, you do it on Football Manager, you can do that. Yeah, you can, go on, you. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a big enough team, you've got enough support, maybe you can do that. And that might work well for Exeter because they don't want to reinvent their, their, their coaching wheel. They could probably be okay with Ali Heifer stayed on. Yeah. We'll have time to talk about this when, when, if the review happens and uh, the exit happens. Yeah. So, so let, I, let's, I just can't see it actually no, happening unless Eddie go, goes in there and he's like, "I just don't care anymore. Like, just sack me." I just can't see but them doing the way it. Where he behaves, co- you think he's already he, past he, that? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he, not far off. Yeah. Not, so laid back, he's horizontal in some of those interviews when, when they lost to Argentina. Yeah. Did you see the, the post-match interview this time around? Yes, I yeah, have. We're talking about the positives. That uh, they can take he's out nearly of it. in tears, which is a good sign. Eddie Jones, yeah, towards the end. Not from what I saw, but he he, di- he talked about the positives. He did say he was not happy with it. He was far less relaxed than the Argentina game. He said that the two main areas set piece and the aerial battle that they completely won both of them and then it's kind of like well <laughs> what what happened like how how did they completely win? Don't, don't just tell me that they we need to correct this because it's not like south africa did things that you've never seen them do before no you kind of knew this was coming simple isn't easy the most the, one of the most frustrating things we, t- we spoke before about the the players available to england particularly in that tight head prop position but after 2019 England poached 
the man who masterminded the yeah. South Africa scrum, Matt Proudfoot. Yeah. He's been embedded for the last three years. Not What's doing... he been doing? <sighs> I think it's one of those. Like It's like Ben Ryan going to Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> for the sevens <laughs> interesting but here are all the the biggest strongest fastest play, sevens players in the world they're all at your disposal here's an interesting you've got th- dozens of them small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's an interesting thought experiment for you. Who would do better? Matt Proudfoot coaching Fiji <laughs> Sevens or Ben Ryan coaching the England Scrum. And would you notice a difference? It would be Either identical. <laughs> be identical. Both, <laughs> both results would be totally identical. <laughs> yeah. No difference. Well, let, yeah. let, let's leave that there and, and talk about another man under pressure, Wayne Pivak. Oh. Pivak. He looked like a man on death row after that game. The way he was just standing by the Welsh emblem in the tunnel. Look like a condemned man. 34-13 up. With 25 minutes to go, something like that. I mean, I struggle to put this squarely on Wayne Pivak in the same way that I put it squarely on Jones. Um, Not particularly fair, but that's how I feel. I do... So, I think some of it is on Pivak. I think some of it's on the players. Um, So, let's... let's, let's, Anscombe going off was a turning point. Anscombe going off... If he, if, he, if he didn't get so, injured, they win. But So, yeah, and this is where I put some of it onto Pivak's shoulders because 20 minutes to go, Anscombe goes off, injured. Um, Tipperick goes into the bin. He then voluntarily brings off Falatau and Alan Wynne-Jones and Ken Owens. Now, Ken Owens comes back on, but oh my God, you did. lose all of the leadership. About 200, like, 200 caps, 220 caps. Yeah, yeah, and the say rest, those, hundreds and hundreds of caps. Yeah, but say those names again, and then say those names with their ages and minutes this season underneath their belts, and you think, well, what do you do? So, I, so Falatau, amazing, scored that try that very few, um, very few back rows in the world would score yep. in the corner. Um, Anscombe and... Tipperick's playing amazing, but he was off for a yellow card. Anscombe obviously goes off injured. Um, Ken Owens was playing brilliantly, and he's actually played really, really well, despite being 35. Alan Wynne-Jones. I wanted to make a moneyball point on Alan Wynne-Jones. Mm, please. Which was if if you didn't know that Alan Wynne-Jones was 100 years old, yeah, and if he had someone else's hair that didn't make him look like... <laughs> A hundred-year-old troll, <laughs> and you saw his galloping runs and offloads throughout that game. You would have thought he was like the next big thing. Yeah, you would have thought he was the up-and-coming. If you'd have said 
we've got a 23-year-old lock. He's rangy, he can play ball, he's got amazing hands. You would say, it's that boy. But because you know it's Alan Wynne-Jones, you think he's a declining force. He had a brilliant game. Yeah, well, the problem with older players, it's not their top end. Their top end remains fairly, fairly good. It's how consistently they are top end. And with Alan Wynne-Jones, I've seen him have some very quiet games recently. This is one of the games he played brilliantly, and there's, there's no two ways about it. But I just think when you've got 37, 35, 32, and you're on the fourth autumn international, you've got to... <laughs> You've got to, you got, you got to yeah, rotate but, that team. But, but, then, but, but, then but when, when the wheels start to fall off, so again, maybe it's hubris because at 34-13 up, Wayne Pivak thinks, oh, it's kind of done. I'm sure most people watching thought it was done. Yeah. But now, did you though? Because particularly in international sport, momentum is is a yeah. beast. And you felt that momentum shift so, so so strongly. Up in, in, the, in the window up to getting 34-13, Wales were dominating the driving mall. They were dominating the scrum. Mm. And there was this flip. It was like all the Welsh boys were thinking about the brains lager they were going to have, Delicious. the session they were going to get on after that game. And they switched off at the same moment Australia switched on and their scrum was dominant and their And, and at on. that point when that momentum shifted and it's, it starts to get tense, what you would do to have someone with 130 caps on the field... Yeah, or, or, or so two of them, to, or two of them, yeah. caps. stood under or the stood under the post, going, "Follow me, we've got this." Yeah, yeah. this Welsh team—that's the moment. And Pivak's whole uh, whole regime, actually, it reminds me of like a spendthrift uh, son who has inherited his father's um, wealth, and they're just spending it because it, it, this this team can't go on for much longer. They're not bringing any new guys in. Oh, they are kind of. Jack Morgan's yeah, Morgan, new, Rio Dyer. Hawkins, who played t- yeah. 12, so, who looked look pretty handy. But they're just they're just squeezing every ounce out of these older lads, and it can't last forever. And when they finally go, it's not clear to me they've got ready-made replacements anywhere. It's going to be bloody well, difficult. Well, this is what was odd about this, is Wayne Pivak doesn't need to think beyond... The end Next of that, game. The end of that game. Yeah. Because he knew what the consequences were, which is why maybe it was hubris in a different way, much as Eddie Jones, but uh, yeah, really, really it, tough yeah. one. Here's the thing, though. You look at that game and you go, do you know what? There were some bloody good things in that. But, I watched the first half, I thought they were brilliant. They, they were great. They yeah. were, they should have scored at the end of that first half. If they score at the end, to put it 27-13, and then if they start the second half like they did, the, the game would actually have been over. But... They played some great stuff. Yeah. They look good. They look good for for the first. Uh, you can actually uh, go fifteen minutes in the second half. Look at England. Uh, tell me what your favourite thing was about England, and you might have one or two things. You think, yeah, okay, it's good. There's something to build on there. Maybe if you're really, really <laughs> you kind, sh- you screw up. The Jack Noel break down the right hand side. Um, the try. Well, there's loads to like about Wales. Loads, absolutely loads. Loads of positives you can take out. The that issue game. is, of course, who they were playing. So the Australian team has lost to Italy. They. Had some like twenty something men unavailable. The French, the French players couldn't play. Japanese players couldn't play. They only had twenty five players that they could select from. Oh, is that is that is that the stat? Yeah. There you go. You know, so they were yeah, the thirty one year old prop make his debut. Who's debut. Uh, the guy that came on. Uh, I can't remember his name. Oh, they got a yellow card. Yes. Yeah. That boy came off a slipper who went off injured. Uh uh, shout out for oh, some no, 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 not him, not Donaldson. No. Oh no, was it Rob- Donaldson? Not Donaldson, Robertson? Robertson, not Robertson. Robertson, the other one. Uh, Talakaya, Talakaya, 
Talakai oh, Ito, okay, yeah, yeah. Waratah's boy. Yeah. Um, he actually played, they said he played against the Lions in 2013 for the Waratahs, but that was his debut for, Good for him. Australia wow. Green and Gold. Yeah. I, I do love Australia. Well, first of all, uh, I love any team which contains Allens and Lens. There's not enough Lens playing uh, rugby now. Uh, although I don't really have much time for Langies and Jeds. That's that's not really my thing. No, Jed, Jed's all right, isn't it? Jed's a bit, bit old school. Jed is old school. Jed, Allen, Len. I've got massive <laughs> amounts of time for the, lads like that winning games, especially when it's Len Ikatau. That's, that's cool. <laughs> I loved watching Australia win this year. Not because of some Sean Freud on, on Wales. Just the togetherness of, of that squad. 25 guys, last game of the season. In in the millennium, uh, and to come back like that, you saw what it meant to them. I, I, I hate talking in those terms, but it looked like a very, very special bunch. And it looks like a lot of very special drinks would have been drank that night. It looked, it looked brilliant. Mm. The I can't kni- imagine being part of a team like that. It'd be the, great. Kni- the knives are out in Wales that now, though. Do you think there's anything in this Gatland chat? 100% true. It's 100% true. So I, I can confirm it's 100% true from a source other than the Times, but I can't tell you why. It, it is something which is which has been 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 discussed. It's uh, I think that we'll probably see Gatland talking a lot less in the press over the next couple of weeks. The thing I find most disappointing sort of with Wayne Pivak's team, and like you say, in this game there are if you take away the result, there are there's plenty to feel positive about. Mm. How and there were glimpses at the bit that's been lacking so much from Wayne Pivak. He got given the Wales job because of the job he did at Scarlet's, where he played a very expansive game, he mm. threw caution to the wind, and you sort of felt like he, he got given the Welsh job because going back to what we talked about, playing to the talents you have, that actually suits Wales. They've got lots of very, very mobile back rows. Yeah, They've got a relatively lightweight pack that can be mobile, and they've got some rapid guys who can, who can play. And, yeah, but it, they've, got, they've just gone inside themselves, and he's just gone away from that i don't understand well you've got to remember he got given the scarlet's drop on the strength of winning the celtic league or whatever it was at the time pro 14 pro whatever it was and the year he got it there's like a delay whilst gatland served out the rest of his contract so in terms of how they handled the succession the wru did it really really well it's sort of the kind of succession i think the rfu want for england nice orderly transition but during that year with the scarlet's they were rubbish Hmm. Absolutely, absolutely terrible. I think there was doubts about him coming into it because the Scarlets had lost their way early doors. Uh, so I don't know if he tries to do the same things as, at Scarlets as he used. Sorry, at Wales he used to do at Scarlets, and if it's completely different, don't know what it is. But it seems to be they appointed a coach who had one trick, and that trick no longer works. And that's a bit, that's a bit of a problem. Yeah. Do you know uh, uh, Australia have also got got Ned? Oh, I love that <laughs> Ned Hannigan. Yeah, Ned Jed. Ned. Alan, yeah, Glenn, and it's um, <laughs> it's Mark Nawanga Nita Nawanga Nita Wase, isn't uh, it? It is, it is. So I'm Pete, really impressed. Pete with Sorry, Pete, big 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 Pete, big Pete. I, I'm massively impressed with with Australia. I mean, the way, just, the way that they've after losing so many players, yeah, the way that they have turned up, and they. It's not been the best tour overall. They lost to Italy. They lost by a couple of points to France, or one point to France. One or, was it two or three points to Ireland in close games? I think they'll take quite. A, what they've got to do is focus focus on the positives rather than the negatives. Don't focus on the games they've lost. Focus on no. what the positives they've done with the players that have been available. Here is an untrendy thought. 
very untrendy thought. But you want any coach in any coach in in um, in the world for England, I wouldn't look far beyond um, the fellow in charge, charge of Australia, Dave Rennie. Dave Rennie's a cracking coach. Hmm. They won't go for Dave Rennie. No, but if he's available but, after the World Cup, I mean that would be one I would. I, I, he'd get an interview. No choice about that. He'd get an interview. Hmm. In fact, if you remember this, but our new best mate Corey was saying yes. that the best New Zealand coach is Dave Rennie. Interesting. And the worst one is Foster. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. Foster. You, you, the, um, you mentioned before about um, the billionaire's child squandering wealth. Yeah. They, they, what do they say? It's made first generation, spent second generation, there's nothing left by the third generation. There's That's some the saying like that. Um, what's his name? Graham Henry was first generation. Yep. Uh, Hanson was second generation. Fozzie's third generation. Exactly right. Just squandered. He squandered. squandered it. It's all gone. Squandered his inheritance. Sad to see. All up his nose. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> oh, poor Wales. Poor Wales. But congratulations, Australia. Yeah. Um, that, is that it? Did we wrap up the international po- podcast? I think there's one th- other thing that's worth mentioning on the international podcast. From my side, there might be other stuff that you guys want to talk about. But I think it's a suitable end to the podcast. That the, I know the where va- you're going with this. The very sad news broke during the England game oh, quite yes. of Doddy Weir. And it's terrible, terrible, terrible news. And it's we had such a, an honour of the experience mm-hmm. that we had to, to interview Doddy. And uh, it, it was a highlight of the nearly 10 years on the podcast. Absolutely. Highlight. And it was. It was remarkable for two things that interview. Um, the it, obviously the incredible honour, and that but that kind of goes without saying. It was remarkable because point number one, just from a a um, physical aesthetic aspect, in a room full of big men at the World Rugby Awards, one man stood out more than most, head and shoulders above almost everyone in the room, and obviously in his amazing tartan. Doddy Weir stood out as a giant amongst giants at that point in time. And then when we got to actually speak to him and the kind of the the humility, but but the humour and the, the high spirits that he had and shared with us, it was it's a remarkable moment that, that we got to experience and a re- truly remarkable man. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what, the, I think the one, when someone... Uh, it, announces they're ill or they're sick or, and it, it might be terminal in some respect you you get a lot of warm words coming mm. from what I think's very very noticeable about Doddy Weir is nobody was saying anything different to what they said before he yeah. announced his illness mm. it, it, that the things people said afterwards and the things people are saying now after his death are exactly what people were saying when he was just one of the guys and uh, a very, yeah, very, very special human. We had a bit yes. of a, point, a poignant moment in Didsbury talk, uh, talk, talk H when it was announced. We turned on the TV and uh, all raised a glass, which, mm. which was quite quite a fitting tribute. Mm. Yeah. And it also made it was also under someone else who's been uh, very much part of the podcast. Um, and this, it would be appropriate to mention is, is Ed Slater. And I, I certainly mm. thought of him as well. And, yeah. um, and so, yeah, I mean, as as much as we absolutely would love your support at patreon.com forward slash egg chasers, you know that if you'd been in a bar with Doddy Weir, 
you would have everybody in that whole room would have offered him a pint. He couldn't possibly have physically drunk all the beers that people would love yeah. to have bought for him. Same goes for Ed Slater. So you know, um, as much as we'd love your support, patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. Actually, if you if if it was it was if it was one or other, just go to Ed Slater's um, MND fund. Go to Doddy Weirs and uh, and give them a pint's worth. Yeah, indeed, indeed. My name's Doddy. Uh, name with a uh, five. My name's Doddy Foundation, and uh, Ed Slater is the four Ed um, Gloucester Rugby four Ed, and both of them are available on Just Give In. Uh, and w- w- you know th- this will um, lead us nicely into the next podcast we're doing. But did you see that that the games between Leicester and Gloucester are going to be played for the for- Ed Slater Cup? Yes. Are they? That's yeah. cool. That's very cool. It's it a lovely cool. touch. Who's um, building the cup? Where's it coming from? I've, I've no idea. I don't know anything beyond the headline, but that's that's a lovely touch. It is a lovely touch. I think they they need to get they need to get this this uh, trophy right though. What would you what would you want the Tim Cocker Cup to be? Um, I'd want it to be uh, a wrist. <laughs> <laughs> golden yeah. wrist, a golden wrist. Oh, hang on. Is there not is there not like a music award which is a wrist with a microphone? Uh, like a gra- not a Grammy or yeah, something. Yeah, it might be. I it's think like you might be right. Music radio Yeah, award. you might be right. I'd go for that. Yeah, I'd go nice for something touch. similar to the Stanley Cup, but bigger. Bigger, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's something really interesting about Stanley Cup. Okay, so there's two... What, what about a kettlebell? Kettlebell! Oh, the kettlebell cup. <laughs> Golden kettlebell. <laughs> That'd be amazing, actually. So that would be amazing. Solid gold kettlebell. Yeah. Yeah, play for that. That'd be awesome. I love it. Yeah, because also, I mean, uh, Didsbury Talk H is a sort of orange, amber, gold type colour. So maybe they could play for it, I don't know, with Colwyn Bay or someone. Perfect. Uh, I'll tell you a, a kettlebell. I never do kettlebell exercises. Do you not? Very, very rare. Joe Rogan says that's all you need is a, is a pull-up bar and a kettlebell yeah, if you want to do a point. full workout. Well, someone sent me a video uh, last week of something using those two things. So I tried it. Um, so it's hanging from uh, a pull-up bar and with a kettlebell in your other arm and you've just got to curl the kettlebell <laughs> and press it, press it over your head. Wow. So I could not do that. Wow, I could So um, That sounds rock hard. It's, so I worked up, I was in the hotel gym and I worked up from 8kg up to 24. Are you meant to hold your body <sighs> to your bo- level? Like hold your uh, because you must hang. You, yeah, you'll just hang. You just... Just get it up. Yeah. Just get it up. So I, I worked from... and I, managed, I don't think I could have done any more with my left hand. I think I'd probably max out at 24. I don't think I could do the hanging. On my left hand. <laughs> hanging. Well, you're, you're hanging. So it's... For me, it's 80kg plus 24. So I'm hanging on one hand uh, with uh, Genuinely, hanging on one hand is awesome for your grip strength. It's brilliant. Yeah. For, which helps your deadlift and helps all the lifts. Yeah, of all the strength, grip, grip strength is... Uh, Grip strength is not one which I need much assistance on for some for whatever well, reason. Well, then you'd be fine hanging. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, never thought of that. Easy. But it's, it's quite. Just try it. See how, see how you get on. It's it's an unusual move. Uh, it sounds very unusual. Do you push the? Are you so it's it's a little bit like uh, what's so it called, it's, bro? It's, um, it's curl and pro science. Oh, oh, have def- you seen? I'm definitely not doing it for anything <laughs> other than just to see if I could do it. Uh, have you seen the Instagram account of? amazing workouts but the guy is like he bench presses things in the gym you're not meant to bench press like the actual um, bench itself yeah so it's or so, doing press ups with a sofa on his back yeah, and yeah, someone yeah. lying on the sofa oh, just just general I, I could entertain myself for hours just watching gym fails oh um, god some of them are 
awful. You're like, that person's never going to walk again. Yeah, they're all disasters. Horrible. Uh, a, a, a subcategory of... Um, so I'm, yeah, a subcategory of gym fails is treadmill fails. I just can't get enough of the treadmill fails. Um, many of the treadmill fails are... It's like um, natural selection. Yeah. Because I, they're doing something completely... Trying to jump on a, a Swiss ball that's on a treadmill. Oh, so of course, good. of course, that's going to end badly. Or going sideways on like uh, with like stilettos on or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so to be a truly funny video, you have to have disasters, fails happen to people with not just not just primary consequences but secondary consequences. So if you fall off the treadmill, yeah, that's quite funny. But it's even funnier when you fall off it into the um, I don't know the weight store and then the weights <laughs> fall on you. Yeah. <laughs> Like straight afterwards, <laughs> it's got to have a secondary consequence. Otherwise, I'm not interested. You need to be like a, a human mouse trap, yeah, um, yeah, or screwball scramble, whatever it is. Like yeah. the, the one which got got me the other day. Someone falls off, fall, fall, falls off his off his skateboard. Good enough. He picks up his skateboard because he's so angry. Goose to smash it, hits a lamppost, and hits him back in the face. Like yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, we're done here. We've got another podcast coming in your feed very soon, though. So let the boys play. The boys play. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.